0: Get up! Get out of
1: here and go! Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host,
2: Dominic Catronio. Let so me start the show with a hypothetical for you. What if I told you that Mike Trout would hit two home runs, Shohei Otani would have three hits and two stolen bases? And both Craig Council and Willie Adamas would be ejected from this game. And yet, the Brewers would still win the game. Tungsten Arm O'Doyle was not in the box store, I promise. 7-5 the final today. The Brewers were out-hit 11-5. But thanks to some walks and some timely hitting and some great managerial buttons from Craig Council and Corbin Burns, the Brewers have won the series against the Angels. They will go for the sweep Tomorrow. And also, a win tomorrow would make it a winning homestand, despite losing the first two series to the Red Sox and to the Tigers. I'm Dominic Catronio. Craig Sean will be joining us in just a little bit. It is a longer show tonight. we will with you just about an hour or so here this evening. If you want to join in on the program, 855-616-1620. Again, 855 855-616- 616 one 6 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. I don't want to turn this into all about Adam Beck tonight. We're going to kind of touch on that a little bit later with Craig Council. He had a bad night. I think he knows it. Craig Council and Willie Adams obviously know it. But this isn't going to be a, a harping on Adam Beck and observing the umpire scorecard when it drops tomorrow, things of that nature. He had a bad night. and. Let's just leave it at that. We can talk about a little bit more of what actually happened there in that uh, seventh inning with Willie Adamas. But cooler heads, I would hope, have prevailed at this point in the season. But uh, there was a record set in that moment when Craig Counsel was ejected. Craig Council now the all-time leader in games managed in Milwaukee Brewers history, the all-time leader in wins as a manager in Milwaukee Brewers history. And now he is the all-time managerial ejections leader in Brewer's history with his 26th tonight. So he's got the trifecta. Most games, most wins, and most ejections here for the Brew crew. Build the statue now. Brewer's win by a final of 7-5 to tonight. A couple of texts have already rolled in on this one here on Brewer's extra innings. One from Josh. Talk about learning earning all 27 outs. A nice offensive output was needed since Mike Trout did his thing. I'm looking forward to get Hauser back in the rotation on the upcoming road trip from Josh. Appreciate it, Josh. You're right, Hauser coming back. He rejoined the team today. Uh, Saw him do some on-field work here as well. He is good to go. Looks like he is going to be making a start against Colorado or at least some kind of extended appearance against the Rockies coming up next week. Should work out well for the ground ball pitcher that he is. As for... Tonight, Mike Trout, look, he's Mike Trout. I mean, he almost had three or four homers tonight. He just missed a couple other ones as well. And Mike Trout's really freaking good at baseball. And the Brewers were lucky to have held him down as long as they did. In fact, his first homer of the night was the first extra base hit of the series for the Angels in these first two games so far in the season, or in this weekend series. So they had held him down very, very well to this point. And how about another box score anomaly in this one? Two other ones I want to point out. The fact that the Brewers did not have a single player, have multiple hits in tonight's game. Everybody, or excuse me, only Owen Miller had two hits in this one. He had a double and a single. But also, Victor Caratini, a career high, three walks in this one. And it's a reminder why the game isn't six batters in. Because six batters in, Reed Detmers had struck out five. He was looking dominant. And then the Brewers made the adjustment that was necessary and got things going in the right direction to get some offense going in this one. The Brewers are now eighteen and nine. The Angels fall to five hundred at fourteen and fourteen. Going for a sweep tomorrow will always taste sweet. I, I look up and down, everybody in this lineup made a contribution. And I think maybe the most underrated contribution of them all is Peter Strezlecki. What he has done since arriving in the big leagues, he comes in with flames all around him and he was the fire extinguisher. 12 pitches, 8 strikes, a couple of punch-outs against the meat of the order with both Otani and uh, Rendon aboard. Getting Renfro and Drury on strikeouts and Ward to end the inning, that was great stuff from Peter Strzelecki. Reminding you why he's probably now locked down the 8th inning or the earlier situation we need to get out of this role. His ERA is now at a minuscule 0.66, another scoreless frame. For Peter Shrezleck, maybe may be the most unsung hero of that Bruce bullpen, along with Hobie Milner, my guy. And Hobie's had himself a nice breather since having all that work he had against the Red Sox. Uh, he has barely pitched since that series, and they haven't needed him because there have been so many righties in the order for the Angels, and that's why Strezlecki was able to step in as admirably as he has. I think you got to make sure you remember to give him his flowers and what he's been able to do so far. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Text in here as well. Make sure you say your name, where you're from as well. I think the call by the home plate home play umpire with the domus was awful, and also Trout and Otani were the only people the Angels were actually trying to win for for the Angels. Well, look... Taylor Ward's in a bit of a slump right now. Brandon Drury has cooled off. Hunter Renfro has not had the series he envisioned since coming back to Milwaukee. They need some help offensively. And Jared Walsh is still out. He looks like he's coming back soon. One of their first basemen. I mean, they have Gio Urshela playing first base right now. That tells you some of the injuries they're dealing with. Logan Ohapi is going to be out probably for the year. Their primary catcher. He has a partially torn labrum. So the Angels are struggling. They're looking for some more wins. In fact, I caught up with... Uh, Angels general manager Perry Manassian, uh before the game today and just candidly he's like, man, we just need a few more wins right now. But we're doing all right. We're hanging in there just like you guys as in the Brewers dealing with our fair share of injuries. Every team deals with injuries. It just makes you. Rem- it just reminds you what the Brewers are doing with their next men up, with the guys that weren't exactly projected to be on this team and the way they're performing, the Joey Weemers, the Elvis Pigueros." The Bryce Wilsons. It's been incredible to see, as a collective, this team continue to perform well, even though it may not get all the headlines. I mean, I kind of clap back at MLB at at MLB, you know, on social media. And social media is dumb. I know that, but how about the fact that Major League Baseball didn't tweet anything about the Brewers today or yesterday? But as soon as Mike Trout hits a home run, they got to tweet that video. I'm like, well. What are we doing here, man? They're up 7-1 to one at the time he tweets this home run, so how about you give some love to the team that has the second-best record in the National League? I mean, let's be honest, right? The, the Brewers are playing some good baseball. We're doing it a little bit anonymously right now, and I don't think anyone's complaining about that, but uh, with the way things are rolling with the injuries, I think you've got to be really satisfied with the way things have been rolling along for the Brew crew so far. Again, 855-616-1620. Getting ready to take our first break of the evening, Craig Kishon will be joining us momentarily as well. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all season long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association. Member FDIC. Just getting rolling. You can tweet me as well, at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Again, we'll have Craig coming up. We'll hear from Craig Council as well. We'll talk a little bit more about an ejection too. I want to break down uh, some of the great stuff that Corbin Burns did tonight because, oh, by the way, he had a quality start six strong innings and didn't even need to go a seventh because at the time he was pulled, it was seven to one and uh, just a real good team win to feel good about and go for a sweep tomorrow afternoon to wrap up this big, long homestand here at American Family Field. So just getting rolling with the show here on Brewers Extra Innings.
1: Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Swinging a broken bat liner that is going to be caught with a diving backhanded grab by Joey Weaver to the
2: Joey Weimer continues to play some good defense here for the Brewers as well. Still trying to find his stride with the bet with a little more consistency. I'm Dom Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A few texts rolling in here on this Saturday night 855 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. Craig and Oshkosh, I really like this one. The Brewers winning formula. Ejections, two. Hits, five. Equals seven run scores, just like they did tonight. How often does that happen in a team victory? Yeah, you're right. And sometimes you just get the right formula out of nowhere. I think the big thing is the fact that the Brewers also drew five walks tonight, and they made the adjustment. And you'll hear from Craig Counsel in a little bit about – you know how they were able to adjust off of what Reed Detmers was doing. He's really a two-pitch pitcher, like a two-and-a-half pitch pitcher. He's got a good fastball and that firm slider, but the curveball is fringy. The changeup is non-existent, and it's really just fastball slider. And the Brewers finally forced him to come into their zone. Uh, they couldn't get off of the changeup yesterday versus Tyler Anderson. Today they got off of the slider against Reed Detmers and made him pay. And then the other thing I loved about today's game is Craig Council understanding that, look, all these righties have to do their job against the lefties, including guys that maybe stereotypically you wouldn't think would be doing that, like Mike Brasso batting cleanup against the left-handed pitcher. But Brasso had a quieter night tonight at uh, at the plate, and – Craig Council has the pulse to know that, yes, Jesse Winker has been scuffling as of late and really needed something good to go his way. He really hasn't been the same since he missed that week or so with bronchitis, remember, on the Diamondbacks trip. He came back against the Padres. He got that double in the first inning, but then has only had two hits since that game against the Padres two weeks ago. So to see him get the hit that he got tonight, RBI single the other way. It scored two runs. Great base running from the Brewers. and Trusting Jesse Winker to get the job done. By the way, there was some baggage there as well, given that he was facing Andrew Wants and uh, Wants is the guy that, remember last year, the Mariners and the Angels got into a benches-clearing brawl against each other. It was Wants that hit Winker that started the brawl and Phil Nevin was involved, and Scott Service was involved. JP Crawford got suspended. It was an ugly brawl last year, and for him to get that knock with two strikes had to feel great for Jesse Winker in this one. A few other texts rolling in here as well. How did Mike Trout homer twice? <laughs> really stinks, but glad we done to get get still got the win. This is from Micah and Waterford. At the game, let's go Brewers. Void bad offense, but great defense. You're absolutely right there, Micah. Sometimes we talked about this in yesterday's post game too. By the way, you can hear all of our post game shows on demand by subscribing to our podcast feed. Brewers All Access is the name of the feed. Brewers All Access. You can get all of our post game shows. All of the highlights and the appearances on Brewers 360 on Wisconsin's Morning News every weekday morning. So you'll hear personalities like Matt Arnold and Craig Council and Adam McAlvey, Sophia Minnert, Jeff Levering. So it's a really good, uh, easy to listen to fee a couple of minutes every morning to start your day with some Brew Crew Talk. With Vince Fertrano, Eric Bilsdad, Brandon Snide, and Greg Hill on Wisconsin's Morning News. But as I digress... Something that we talked about yesterday is the fact that Luke Voigt, all those scoops yesterday, the great sliding stop he made as well yesterday, makes another couple good scoops today as well. I really like what he's been able to do at first base. Turning that double play on Shohei Otani, are you kidding me? That was a ridiculous double play because the number one thing that everyone forgets is how fast Shohei Otani really is. It was incredible to watch him try to sprint up the line, and the Brewers turn it perfectly and the trust of Willie to lead Corbin Burns to the bag on that double play. That is some serious synergy there, the two guys knowing how to play some defense. Great stuff there as well. Doug texting in, when was the last time a rookie won the gold glove in center field? Probably been a while. Joey Weimer keeps this up. He has a chance. And another win against the left. He's quieting the critics, including myself, can sweep tomorrow. Very impressive. I don't want to pick on this uh, tweeter, but somebody was in my mentions earlier uh, today during the game complaining to me about the fact that why isn't Bryce Terang starting against the lefty? Why is Owen Miller in there? And like right as he sent that tweet, Owen Miller hit that double that he hit in the third inning. Uh, and by the way, Bryce Terang is 0 for 10 against left-handed pitching so far this season with five strikeouts, in case you were wondering what the sample size looks like that. Yes, it's small, but the performance has not been there for Bryce Terang. But looking at the Brewers against, look, I've said this over and over again. I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. The Brewers know they've had struggles against left-handed pitching. They know that. They're not trying to ignore it. And I I look at the personnel we've seen the last few years. You keep getting new guys in there. But at the same time, tonight was really the first time we saw the guys that are supposed to contribute against left-handed pitching contribute like the guys that have been here right Adamas had an RBI single granted it was at the expense of a Mike Trout dive Brian Anderson was quiet today Victor Caratini got three walks today including a run bad in with the bases loaded Owen Miller that was huge for him to get a couple uh, to get a knock and a couple of runs scored in this one too and for William Contreras to hit the ringing double that he did at the time that he did it really asserted a reminder that he had an over 900 OPS against left-handed pitching last year, and he was one of the primary acquisitions to face left-handed pitching. Brian Anderson, an acquisition to face left-handed pitching. So the Brewers are throwing new bodies out there to hit against lefties. And yes, it's a small sample size. They've only made a total of seven starts against lefties. But all of a sudden, they're now 5-2 and against left-handed starters. So it's a small start, but a good start, if you ask me the way things have been rolling along against them. Uh, as we kick off uh, some more in-depth talk, I wanted to save some Corbin Burns talk for Craig Kishan here now joining us on the program here on Brewers Extra Innings. Got plenty of time here this evening. We'll be with you to the bottom of the hour at 10.30. Craig, I think we can easily lose sight of the fact that Corbin Burns looked like Corbin Burns again tonight in the game that the Brewers win. They were up 7-1 to one at one point, and they were able to do that because Corbin Burns and his cutter they were recalibrated tonight. It was seriously impressive to see that version of Corbin again.
3: Yeah, it was, because you know how hard he's been uh, stressing uh, the need to be successful, uh, really, since spring training. You know, for a guy that's been as good as he is, win a Cy Young award, and and at that point to uh, to say it's nothing but that here right now, and then kind of uh, struggling a little bit with it, and kind of picking up uh, the fact too, the first month of the season. You know he's trying to work a little bit towards the bottom of the zone here uh, this season, and maybe not nearly as many strikeouts as we're used to seeing from him. But uh, tonight was a little more vintage. Uh, there is no question about that.
2: It was very good. And some of the more in-depth numbers when we talk about Corbin Burns tonight, he had a total of 15 swings and misses. That's always a great number to see for him. 11 of those swings and misses. We're on the cutter. It was all about the cutter tonight. Even furthermore, it was vintage in the fact that he threw a total of 49 cutters, okay? So, of those cutters, 43 of them were strikes. That's an 88% strike rate. He's catching on to the fact that, for one, teams aren't chasing against them. He's going to have to establish it for a strike. And for two, when they are seeing it for a strike, they're going to start swinging and missing at those ones off the plate, especially seeing a lineup full of right-handed hitters like we saw tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean, there were eight right-handed hitters in that lineup against Burns. And I know his, his batting average against his, against right-handed hitters is uh, was above 300 coming into this game. But, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit right out of the gates in that first inning, Dom. But uh, really came on strong in the second inning. And you could kind of feel things were, were were going in the direction that he wanted to he got strikeouts on uh, Ward warden Ursula uh, to end that second inning and and then got out of some trouble in the third and then dominated uh, with uh, three up three down all on strikeouts in that fourth inning as well so um, you know it was it was a, a well done performance from Corbin burns keeping a, another at that time uh, low scoring game going until the Brewers finally busted out in the fifth inning and you know, he was on the bench for probably what? What would you say, twenty, twenty-five minutes, pushing thirty oh, minutes, easily, and uh, came out and and took care of the sixth inning, and then you know was done for the night. So, kudos to him. I mean, that was that's a frontliner right
2: there, and um, he certainly looked like that again tonight. And and for Corbin, I mean, mentally, take me into this. What you think and what you see from Corbin? I saw he had a conversation with MLB Network after this game as well. So the guys back in Secaucus are paying attention, seeing him get back on track. For Corbin to now have both some really epic starts like he had against the Diamondbacks, and he pitched hurt at the end of that Mariner's start, and now uh, bouncing back from that rough go of things against the Red Sox. But for him to have this kind of performance where, all right, the cutter was clicking, but nothing else was really clicking for me. It's in there. It's time to go in the month of May
3: well yeah i mean that's a really good point and you know it's interesting to see because we uh, you know on the tv side we kind of highlighted this a little bit as we have you know uh two pitchers going head to head tonight that have thrown no hitters you and i talked about this on on this show last night a little bit as well um and and just because you've done that doesn't mean you're, you know, you're necessarily don't have room to continue to improve and evolve your game, and and we're, you know, we get to see every one of Corbin Burns start, but starts, but to to see what he's been able to do, you know, during certain seasons, during certain, you know, uh, months of a year, and and we're talking about the first month here. We've seen a lot of different versions of him. but if we see what we see tonight going in now to month number two on the season. I mean, this team is going to be in good hands with this guy, but it just goes to show you, uh, you know, where he is and where he's maturing, you know, as a pitcher. And it all starts, you know, upstairs and will continue through the arm and and be, you know, go through the development that he's going through. So um, it, it's uh, it's all systems go here at this point. You feel real good about what you saw
2: tonight. Great stuff. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. All right, we'll talk about the ejection now. We'll we'll talk about what happened. In case you missed it, what went wrong, who said what. That's coming up next here on Brewers Extra Innings. 3-1 pitch. And Contreras took down an in. He works a walk, and it's a 4-1 Brewers lead. Hey, you'll take them any way you can get them, Right. Brewers get the win today, 7-5 to over the Angels. They have won the series. They'll go for the sweep tomorrow. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishon. I'm going to try to break this down as the best way that I saw it, Craig. Correct me if you hear something you disagree with or you think was a little bit different of what went down in that uh, bottom of the sixth inning against Willie Adamas. So... Willie Adamas is in the box, and he he steps in, and he looks up, and I think he thought that the pitcher was already set when his eyes were up. Upon video review, it looked kind of close, not quite close enough to do. Now, he is well within the rights to ask, like, wait a minute, he's set before I'm stepping in the box. Willie has been calling that out quite a bit so far this season. So we try to step out and get the call, and no time was granted and to make matters worse, not only was time not granted, a clear ball. I mean, four inches above the strike zone was called a strike against him. So Willie had his qualms about that, trying to figure out what's going on. Steps back in the box and is still arguing with the home plate umpire, Adam Beck. And while he's having this conversation with Beck, Beck then you know continues to escalate it in talking with him and then calls him on a pitch clock while he's arguing with the player in the batter's box. Craig Cousa comes out to tries to argue. He gets tossed. Then after Willie strikes out to end his at-bat, he gets tossed in a very quick trigger after the inning ended. Did I miss anything there? This was crazy. No, I mean, you were spot on.
3: You were spot on. It's exactly what happened. Um, and, and this all begins, in my opinion, with Adam Beck having a really rough night. I mean, and, and I – look – on on our on our TV post game side, a few minutes ago, I, I am defending and I have been defending, uh, especially home plate umpires all season long because they have they have a lot of extra duties. They have a you know a lot of extra responsibilities, and, and I get it. Uh, but when you when you totally screw up your first obligation, and that's to call balls and strikes, th- this is what happens. Then when you then when you can't handle the rest of it. Um, everything escalates. And it shouldn't be that way. I don't remember uh, off the top of my head uh, in recent memory, two uh, a manager and a player, two people getting ejected after they have a six-run lead in the middle of a game. I mean, stuff like that just shouldn't happen. So uh, Adam Beck had, had a really, really rough night, as we all saw, behind the plate. And then Obviously, that situation there, that, that stuff just can't happen. Um, so that, to me, that's the first thing and maybe the biggest thing of the night that needs to be corrected. I, I really don't even care about the balls and strikes at this point because, quite honestly, they were, it was equal on both sides. It was awful. Everyone, I'm sure, was complaining when they went up there. But um, your description of what happened was, was dead on. And, of course, um, I, I, I also think the fact that he didn't give counsel the time of day to explain what transpired, and then probably in his own explanation of trying to explain it to counsel, knew he was wrong, and then he then he, he dodges uh, counsel and sends him out of the game, so none of that stuff made sense to me, and then after that, you knew Willie was going to get ejected. I mean, you knew he was going to take a hefty swing no matter what happened on the next pitch and was going to say something, and, and uh, so... Hopefully, uh, hopefully it will be calmer heads tomorrow and there will be a, a, a better ball and strike behind the plate. And, you know, this, this whole thing, Dom, I think we're a month into this and I don't know how much needs to be evaluated or if we just have a clear picture of, especially if you're a player, what you need to live with here the rest of the season.
2: From what I understand is that there is a zero-tolerance technicality on arguing anything related to the pitch clock. Kind of like it's written in the rule that you technically aren't allowed to argue balls and strikes. It's warranted for an automatic ejection, which maybe Adam Beck took that very literally. I, I wish I remember the umpire, but it was during the road trip where... He owned having a bad start. I want to say it was Alan Porter in Seattle, where Alan Porter had a bad start to his zone. And instead of escalating things, and Alan Porter's a crew chief, and Porter has a big zone, but the way he handles things between the lines sometimes may look a little unorthodox, may a little Ed Hockley, if you will, a little overbearing with the explanations on the microphone, but he doesn't escalate things. And I think that's what the Brewers were asking Adam Beck to do. Just don't escalate it. If you made a mistake, it's okay. As you mentioned, Craig Council has been the first guy to say, look, these umpires have so much on their plate. He was not trying to escalate it. He was trying to get an explanation, and then it turned into this whole thing, and it was Willie Adams' first career ejection, and Craig Council setting a record for the most ejections in Brewers' managerial histories. Uh, I want to get to our difference-making moment here in just a little bit here, Craig. I do want to get to the phone lines as well, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I want to check in with Don in Madison. Don, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Hey, uh, before I get to my comments, first of all, thanks for that explanation. I was at the game, and here's one thing I know. Willie Adamas, I mean, he, obviously everybody knows he plays with huge energy, right? But I've, it, like you mentioned, it's his first ejection, and he's not the kind of guy that goes and just argues for the heck of it. I mean, if, if he's got a beef, he's got a beef for a reason. And, and so for a lot of us in the stands, we didn't really know exactly what was going on. So I, I appreciate going through all of that for us. And, and I just got to say, um, I, I also being from Madison and having had the chance to listen to Craig Kishon for a very long time, um, really appreciate his take on that, too. Love listening to him on, on Brewers Live um, and, and getting his analysis whenever I can. So thanks to both of you for going through that. Um, happy, happy to help. I, I, I am just calling because I've got to say, um, I, I think most of us Brewers fans will have to admit to being um, very pleasantly surprised at how this season is playing out. Um, you know, you know what you got with guys like Corbin Burns and Woody, but you know, Woody goes down with the injury, and we're not missing a beat on the starting pitching. Um, The bullpen has been, for the most part, lights out. The defense has been amazing. The rookies, the young players, the new names. I mean, I'll, I'll confess, um, I didn't have my hopes very high. I didn't know what to expect from guys like Joey Weimer and Jesse Winker. And, um, you know, I was just hoping that, that we'd, we'd go out there and kind of be competitive. But I am, you know, we're, we're over 15% into the season now. We're one-seventh of the season done. And that's enough of a sample size for us, I think, to start to raise our expectations. We can yeah. feel pretty good and, and really think, hey, we are going to compete this year. We have every reason to expect that we can win the division. I mean, if you told me the Pirates would be in first place right now, I kind of would have laughed. But uh, I really love our chances when you can put defense and pitching. Uh, A a couple nights ago, they scored the go-ahead run with a, a, a walk, a stolen base, a sacrifice, and a wild pitch. No hit.
2: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. I agree, Don. I appreciate you, man. Look, if you keep going, we have to put you on the WTMJ payroll, my friend. But great stuff. I agree entirely, especially on the one-seventh take. There, I want to jump in on that, and Craig, I want to bring you in on this too. The one-seventh take. There's an old adage in baseball that you know who you are after a hundred plate appearances, and we're starting to get to that point for a lot of this offense. Thank you again, Don, for the time and for the call there. Uh, a few guys that have crossed over 100 plate appearances are guys like Christian Yelich, guys like Brian Anderson. Uh, Joey Weimer is getting close there as well, too. You really start to figure out what you got. Rowdy Telez has 95 plate appearances right now. And to think that, for one, the best pitcher on this team has been Wade Miley to this point this the season. And for two, Brandon Woodruff would hopefully come back healthy at some point in the second half of the season is encouraging. And three, you feel like you're getting reinforcements throughout the year and the Brewers have not been afraid to add at the deadline the last couple of years. This may be the year that they add a little bit more and this is a team that could be worth something like that. Yeah, you never know. I mean, um,
3: have have we, in my opinion, seen more out of the Brewers than I thought? Absolutely. Um, I, I really thought if if the Brewers were going to be Um, you know, a a contender. I I guess that's kind of what we're talking about here with with the the measuring sticks that we're applying to this team at this point. Uh, They they have 18 wins and nine losses. and, And, you know, I don't think they're, a surprise, I think. Definitely, the Pirates are. That's going to be the big question mark. Can they, you know, sustain what they put together in the first month of the season? But I don't think the Brewers are that way. They have too many veterans, and they have, you know, they have a lot of talented rookies here right now. But guess what? Uh, one of their top rookies is out for the year, and and the the other two that are, are being worked in, you know, depending upon game situations with with Weimer and Terang. Terang hasn't even. You know, played or started, I should say, the last couple of the games either. So they're still being worked in. Um, and but we're seeing, you know, Dom, We could go up and down here, and it's not even just hitting. Well, you know, Christian Yelich is hitting 232 coming into this game as as a leadoff hitter, which those numbers aren't great, but his on base percentage is much higher than that because of the his ability to draw walks. But I think the biggest thing from Christian Yelich is. Uh, to me, he's a whole new defender out there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. tonight. He's making plays, uh, you know, in, in the alley and left field on hard hit balls that, you know, in the last couple of years he just hasn't made plays on. And and that's just one example. But use the latest one. He made the play tonight when they needed it. So uh, it's just things like that. Everybody, to me, who was here last year is better than they were last year. And the newcomers that have come in um, have been as advertised. These guys uh, are, are, you know, a highly talented group of individuals and they they will dearly miss not having Garrett Mitchell around the rest of the year. And they will miss not having the opportunity to promote sell, uh, Freitag here at this point as well. So, um, you know, at least not for a while anyway. But the other guys are doing great. I'll take Joey Weimer hitting 221 right now as long as he's still hitting the ball hard and playing defense the way he is he's playing a phenomenal center field Uh Craig Council brought it up today Dom you you were down there with me that he's really when you think about the start of the season your fourth center fielder but look what he's doing out there right now he's starting every day and catching everything every single day he makes a highlight type real play every single game it seems like so uh, Again, I, I, I could go on and on. It just goes to show I think we're all pretty excited about what's happened and what will
2: happen. Th- yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said, especially the defense, which will lead me perfectly into the difference-making moment of the game presented by NX Wealth Management. NX Wealth Management is different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need. It's for elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need. Contact NX Wealth Management. Know the difference. Annexwealth.com. The great play you mentioned of Yelly running in the gap. Now, he made the great play to end the third inning that kept a run off the board. But the sacrifice fly in the fifth inning, in the top of the fifth inning, was my difference-making moment of the game. Because at that point, the Brewers were then only up 3-1. to one. If he does not make that play... It's an RBI double. Neto probably scores from first place on that play, and you got Shohei Otani coming up. As you know, the tying run is standing on second base with only one out, and it's Shohei freaking Otani. Instead, it's a sacrifice fly. There's a runner on first, and there's two outs, and it's only one run across. Christian Yelich, legitimately, I, I know we all laughed at the fact that he was a finalist for a Gold Glove last year in left field because it is base by position. Christian which is on a gold glove pace right now. He has been arguably the best defensive left fielder in baseball at this point. Yeah, I agree.
3: I mean, way better than a year ago. I mean, it's one word, way. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> hey, look, my, my point's going to be same inning, uh, two batters earlier, to be honest with you, because that inning opens up uh, with the 8-9 hitters getting on board against uh, Corbin Burns, uh, and then um, – the shot up the middle by Neto, who's almost becoming a Brewer killer here in this series. Uh, great play by Owen Miller up the middle to flip it to um, Adamas to get that runner at second base. That was the first out of the inning. So you have first and third. That obviously set up the sacrifice fly, but that was it. So to me, great defense in that in that inning alone right there. That sometimes can just lead to be disastrous, two, three runs, you never know. But uh, I, I'm going to take that right now as my difference maker. And, boy, 7-1 to one lead, 7-5 to five was the final. So we're talking about plays that didn't seem big that turned out big.
2: You want me to uh, stir the pot a little bit as we say goodnight to you here, Craig, real quick? Sure. Keston here has just hit a walk-off single against a lefty in AAA tonight. Get out of town.
3: Get out of town! <laughs> just see the fortunes the of the whole franchise are turning right here.
2: <laughs> oh man, he's having a heck of a time down in AAA right now. Craig Kishon here on Brewers Extra Innings. Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate your insight, and we'll do it again tomorrow. You're two and zero on this trip. Uh, see if you can make it three and zero tomorrow. Bringing the Bruins to tomorrow. All right, I love it. Craig and Sean here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to talk who's hot, who's cold. We're going to hear from Craig Council. And we're going to hear some highlights a little bit later on with we'll you to the bottom of the hour. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks.
1: A 1 2 pitch. And it is a called third strike. Got it with a slider right at the very bottom of the zone. And it's a one-two-three 2 3 strikeout this side. Time of the fourth for Corbin Burns.
2: That was one of the more impressive innings of the night. Obviously striking out the side for Corbin Burns. Six strong frames. Just one run allowed. He gets the win. Another quality start for him. Brewers defeat the Angels 7-5. Got a little tight late, but hey, Mike Trout happens. You know, I don't know what else to say about that. But uh, Devin Williams, I'm sure, will be available tomorrow. He only threw four pitches tonight to get the final two outs of the contest. The Brewers are finishing up this homestand tomorrow before they're heading on the road to take on the Giants and the Rockies. Uh, Colorado first, I should say. Did you see the final score of that game in Mexico City tonight between San Francisco and San Diego? 16-11, to 11, the final score down in Mexico City. Remember, it's 7,000 feet up in Ciudad de Mexico. So... There were four sets of back-to-back homers. That's a, a Major League Baseball record. And Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle is reporting the fact that the humidor that was supposed to be in place for that game, remember, every baseball stadium now has a humidor set to a uniform number, and then Coors Field has its own separate humidor number, obviously being higher elevated than most other ballparks in baseball. Well, it turns out the humidor was set... To the standardized rate for the other 29 ballparks. Meaning it wasn't really doing anything because they didn't saturate the baseballs like they would at Coors Field. And that's why you get a 27-run exhibition game down in Mexico City. They think all the games are going to be like that. That's ridiculous. So that's from Susan Slusser's Twitter of the San Francisco Chronicle. That is a crazy story if that is true. Time for Who's Hot and Who's Cold. Brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical, cider.com. I'm going to take this a little bit in a different direction. I'm not going to go with brewer specific who's hot and who's cold tonight. This is going to be our opportunity to talk about the Pirates. The Pirates are 20 and 8. They have the best record in the National League. They have won four in a row. They just swept the doubleheader against the Nationals. They're 11 and 4 on the road. They have a plus 53 run differential. Their run differential is a full 66 runs better, excuse me, 62 runs better than the. Nope. Math is really hard for me sometimes. It's been a long day, y'all. 44 runs better. Still impressive. 44 runs better than the St. Louis Cardinals to this point in the season. It's unbelievable to see what they've been doing. Cardinals are seven games under five hundred. They are trailing the Dodgers one nothing right now in the top of the eighth inning. The Pirates are 20-8. Now, this is where I'm going to burst their bubble a little bit. They haven't played anybody. And I mean that. They have not played anybody. Here are some of their series. They lost the opening series of the year to the Cincinnati Reds. They swept the Red Sox, who did not have Chris Sale back yet, and Corey Kluber was uh, not exactly effective early in the year. They won the series against the White Sox, who are reeling right now. They're my who's cold in just a second. Lost the series to the Astros, as expected. Then split a four-game series with the Cardinals. Swept the Rockies, swept the Reds. Took two out of three from the Dodgers, and now we're on the verge of sweeping the Nationals. They have not played really anybody. Now they get the Tampa Bay Rays at the Trop coming up this week. They'll also host Toronto, so those are six games I'm going to circle to see how they perform against them. Then they get one more series, Colorado, who's the 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 you know the basement of the NL West. But they've still got Baltimore on the schedule. They've got Texas on the schedule. they got a West Coast trip to Seattle and San Francisco. They won't even see the Brewers until mid-June, June 16th through 18th. And that's going to be in the midst of a really tough stretch for them where they go the Mets at home, they go to Wrigley, they come here, they go back home for Wrigley, or home for the Cubs, then they visit Miami, back home for San Diego, back home for the Brewers, then they go west again for the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Giants. So they're going to hit a really big, tough speed bump leading up to the end of the first half. I will believe it if we're at the first half and they're still, you know, I'm not saying there'll be 12 games above 500, but still performing the way that they have. On the flip side of that coin, who's cold? The Chicago White Sox. They have lost 10 games in a row. They are 7-21. and Luis Robert was pulled for not hustling early in this game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Lance Lynn had six no-hit innings tonight. Six no-hit innings. Then in the 7th, a 9 spot on the board, and the Rays end up scoring, excuse me, a 10 spot on the board. The Rays end up scoring 12 straight unanswered. Lynn carried that no-hitter into the 7th. He gave up three hits in that inning, also a couple of walks in the game, and then it all blew up in Aaron Bummer's face and Jimmy Lambert's face. It was crazy to watch it unfold. By the way, Randy Arena. He continues to rake. He's got two more homers in that one. The Tampa Bay Rays are 23-5. and Absolutely bonkers stuff right now. We're going to get to Craig Council's comments coming up next. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, if you're staying up late with us. This text coming in, Joey Weaver plays the game with confidence and swag like a 13-year-old still playing Little League. His youthful enthusiasm enthusiasm is a joy to watch, and I think he's really changed the attitude of the dugout. I love that text. I agree entirely with Joey Weaver's confidence. He's just Joey. You know, he's himself throwing some glove out there, as he says, Uh, He's a fun guy to chat with in the clubhouse. And again, this is a conversation I had. I've mentioned it a few episodes ago with Jesse Winker. The fact that the rookies are contributing this much, this quickly into a winning competitive team, like to a team that is is expecting to win, right? And is relying on playing their rookies, to have them perform the way they have in all facets of the game is extremely rare. So we're going to hear from Craig Council here in just a moment. Brewers' extra innings rolls on. Brewers win 7-5 tonight. Look, a lefty was on the mound. He started out white hot with five strikeouts in the first six batters, and yet the Brewers got to him in a big fifth inning. Fun times at the ballpark. They've won the series. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, and his first thoughts about getting another win against a left-handed starter.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, the first two innings, he struck out, I think, five or, five or six guys. Yeah. Um, and you know he was he was featuring the the, the little slide the kind of like a bullet slider ninety ninety one slider um and um I thought we adjusted really well um and it you know it started we just had some good at bats I thought um you know it started with Vic Caratini having a having a really good at bat and long at bat and drawing a walk um we got him in the stretch and You know I just just good at bats after that good really good at bats you know against Detmers kind of the rest of the rest of the way he kept throwing that pitch but hitters were able to adjust it yeah he threw it and and then we we laid off some pitches and so he um, you know he left them over the middle um, we, left him, we left the left one to the middle for Contreras. Um, so we 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 got some better pitches to hit, and we obviously the second time through we had seen him. Um, but I, I thought you know it started with Vic having a good at bat to, to start. Owen Owen Miller had a double on a tough pitch. That was pitch was was up and in. Did a nice job with it. Um, and then just some big two out hits by William and uh, William. Asked you about Jesse before the game. He comes off the bench, big two uh, two RBI single there. Did you like that matchup with him and uh, him and Watts? Yeah, I mean it's just a it's just a big spot in the game where um, you know we got a rally going um, and you know you, you just you kind of go for it. it's early in the game but you go for it. Um, and and Jesse had a good it fell behind but uh, had a good at bat. Okay. What can you say about the defense tonight? Just more outstanding play Yeah, plays more of, of it. Yelly Yelly made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, obviously, Joey made another great play. Um, you know, Owen Owen made a really nice play on the other side of the bag. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we played very good defense again.
0: Are you seeing more uh, swing and miss from Corvin? like the last two starts?
4: Um, I mean, I thought Corbin was just solid today. It was just a solid start. Did a nice job. Um, located the ball well. Um, the ball came out well. He got ahead a little more, I thought, um, as much as anything. So he kind of dictated counts more tonight. Um, yeah, but, I mean, he, he the pitches were located tonight. He was, like, down and away. Um, and then in, on, in with a two-seamer when he needed to be. Um, and that that's just a tough – and then and slow – and then slow slow the bat speed down when uh, when he got a shot. Another good defensive play was there in that in the first that shot by Otani that Boyd started the double play. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. Like I mean, just a all around to to double up Otani is very difficult. Um, so yeah, Luke with a perfect throw and Willie with a nice throw and, and Corbin with the concentration to be able to to complete it. Um, that's that's a very tough play to complete. Um, I would I would guess that happens to him once a year at the most. Can you um, explain a little bit from your vantage point what what happened there with the whole thing with Willie and then and then you? Yeah, I mean Willie, um, you know he, he stepped out on that pitch and and um, Adam s- suggested that he ha- that uh, he, you know he didn't call timeout. so I, I didn't you know I, I kind of got that um, why, why there was a but well, the the pitch was a ball first of all that was called a strike. Um, um, And then, you know, then there was a conversation happening. Um, And when that conversation's happening, um, I I think the clock should just be, you know, the umpire should, he gives this signal. And um, while a conversation's happening, that's that's what should happen.
2: I agree. I agree entirely. Thank you, Craig Council, for setting the record straight there with Adam Beck and what went down there. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. So it's going to be one of those nights. You'll remember the name, but hopefully – for the right reasons, the next time he is in town. We're gonna to relive this win with some highlights coming up after the break. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
1: Ready for this? Get up! This Get up! and this. Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio
2: The Brewers trying to figure things out against another Southpaw. Reed Detmer is getting the start against them. Corbin Burns, though for the crew he wicked out of a jam in the first inning thanks to a clutch double play but the Brewers were stymied early against Devers, striking out five of the first six batters he faced however the Brewers would start to break through in the third inning an RBI ground out from Joey Weimer brought home the game's first run then with two outs, and runners on the corners. It was Willie Adamas coming to the play.
1: 0-2. Adamas to drive out to center. Coming in his Trout. He lays out for it. He can't make the catch. Pops out of his glove. Miller scores from third. It's an RBI single for Adamas, and it's a 2-0 Brewers lead.
2: They weren't done. A great at-bat would follow seven pitches long with William Contreras.
1: And now a full count to Contreras. Line drive into left field. Taylor Ward will not get to it. It gets over his head, and one hops the wall. Adamas jogging around third. It's an RBI double for Contreras, and a three spot for the crew here in the bottom of the third.
2: Lane Grindle's call here on WTMJ. The Angels would get one on a sack fly in the fifth inning on a great running catch by Christian Yelich. Then in the bottom of the fifth inning with a 3-1 to score, the Brewers would go to work the second and third time through against Reed Detmers. A leadoff walk to Owen Miller, an infield single for Joey Weimer, then an error against Anthony Rendon, put the bases loaded, and William Contreras would draw a bases loaded walk to be the last batter that Detmers would face. With the right-hander coming in out of the bullpen, the only righty that had been seen to this point, Craig Council went to his bench. He went to Jesse Winker, who hadn't had an at-bat yet here. In this series, and he delivered. oh2 line
1: drive left field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Weimer is in. Yelich around third. Here's the throw home. Yelich is safe. It's a pinch hit. Two run single for Jesse Winker.
2: And furthermore, they would add one more run on a bases loaded walk by Victor Caratini, who had three free passes tonight. Brewer is in control, seven to one. How about some? Glove being thrown once again by Joey Weimer.
1: Swinging a broken bat liner that is going to be caught with a diving backhanded grab by Joey Weimer. to
2: in the inning. As you heard Craig Council just say, he seems to do a highlight real play every single night. That call from Bob Uecker. Now, things would get tight. Mike Trout would hit two home runs in the final three innings of this game. But nonetheless, Devin Williams would lock things down. And the Brewers would hang on to win this one by a final of seven to five. They're now eighteen and nine on the season. The Angels fall to five hundred at fourteen and fourteen. The Brewers go for a sweep against the Angels and a winning homestand tomorrow at one ten. We'll wrap up the show coming up right after this on Brewers Extra Innings final couple minutes left of the program here this evening. A reminder, tell your friends they could subscribe to Brewers All Access, the podcast feed so you can hear Brewers Extra Innings in full in podcast form. You can speed it up. You can fast forward through commercials. Things of that nature in your podcast feed as soon as the games and the broadcasts are over. It's a daily podcast, if you will, talking about the Brewers immediately as it's happening. You're hearing Bob Uecker highlights. You're hearing Craig Council. We are giving you the flagship stuff because we are the flagship, the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. So again, Brewers All Access is the podcast feed. You'll also get the Brewers 360 segments on Wisconsin's morning news you can follow me on twitter at dom dom underscore c-o-t-r-o-n-e-o sometimes i'm funny sometimes i'm a little bit of a smack talker sometimes uh, i give you some good info to tweet about and i'll tweet memes i don't know it's uh the internet's a weird place and social media has been very friendly to me and also very not friendly to me and other players on the brewers lose. so when they win it's a little more fun on nights like tonight tomorrow's coverage starts at noon Right here on 620 WTMJ, I've got Brewers warm-up for you. All the way up until 1230 or so. That's when the On Deck Show built by Menards will take over for Lane, Grindle, and Bob Eucher tomorrow afternoon. Again, a 110 first pitch We will be on the air at noon with Brewers warm-up. Looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup, it'll be Colin Ray getting the start for the Brew Crew. Ray trying to rebound after he's kind of come back down to earth The last couple of outings, Ray with a 5-1-7 ERA and an 0-1-1 record going against Jose Suarez. Suarez has been a bit of an enigma so far this season for the Los Angeles Angels. He's left-handed. Yep, we talked about that earlier. But he's allowed 29 hits, 382 opponents batting average against. Also, seven homers allowed in 16 and two-thirds innings. So they're not expecting length out of him. See what the Brewers can do out of Suarez. He has not exactly been a a consistent innings eater in his Major League career, bouncing around up and down with the Los Angeles Angels. Brewers go for the sweep tomorrow. They're off on Monday and then begin a West Coast road trip. We will have coverage for you all week against the Rockies and the Giants. That's going to just about do it for us here this evening. My thanks to Craig Kishon for joining us as always. My thanks to our producer, Tommy Wirtz here. Wait. I, yeah, it's Tommy. Wait, I can't believe I did that, Tommy. I, it's I Tommy. I had Evan earlier today. I had Evan. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, Tommy. You are the producer. You are fantastic. I'm Dom Catronio. Good night, and keep on swinging.